Section 27 of Biographical Memoir of John Wesley Powell, 1834-1902, by William Morris Davis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 27. Evolution of Music. In illustration of Powell's mature style, we might select either one of the two addresses before the Anthropological Society of Washington already referred to, one being entitled From Savagery to Barbarism, 1885, the other From Barbarism to Civilization, 1886. But there is another address which exhibits even better his mannerism along with his manner. This is the address on The Evolution of Music from Dance to Symphony, which he prepared in 1889 at the mature age of 55 years for delivery on as important a public occasion as arrives in the life of an American scientist, namely, on his serving as president of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. In his constrained absence from the meeting of the association at Toronto, the address was read by his loyal representative, G.K. Gilbert. The theme of this address was the simple one that, quote, music becomes by minute increments. That is, it grows, it evolves. Such a subject might have been presented in the historic order of the discoveries on which the general conclusion is based, with abundant citation of specific examples. Indeed, this order of statement was adopted a few years later by Langley, when he, from the same chair, told in a most charming manner, quote, the history of a doctrine. Powell's method was altogether different. As usual, he gave no reference to authorities. He did not mention the name of any worker in his field, nor for that matter did he present the subject as his own. He marshaled facts and inferences in such order as pleased him for his own purpose, gathering them from the work of other students everywhere. Their variety so evidently exceeded the reach of one observer that it sufficed merely to refer them to the labors of an army of patient, earnest, keen-visioned investigators. One of the mannerisms of the address was the introduction of long series of similar statements, after the fashion already indicated, apparently with the intention of reinforcing the lesson that he wished to teach. Thus, in order to emphasize the varied conditions under which savages dance and chant, he wrote, quote, At the foot of the glaciers they have their homes, and walls of ice echo their chants. By mountain crags they have their homes, and the rocks echo their chants. In valleys they have their homes, and the savannas are filled with their chants. In tropical forests they have their homes, and the sounding aisles of the dim woods ring with their chants. End quote. Some of his hearers may have been confused with his abundance of rhetoric, yet such was the richness of his subject that he could not make a short story of it. His beginning is very simple, as if to encourage his hearers. The opening sentence is, A blue egg may become a robin. 
but in setting forth certain fundamental principles on the second page, he does not hesitate to write, quote, The third law in biotic evolution is denominated progress and heterogeneity, end quote, a statement which probably left some of his hearers behind. After explaining that musical inventions, but not musicians, show a survival of the fittest, he turns to the adaptation of music to environment. Quote, there is music for the dance and for the battle, music for the wedding and the funeral, music for the theater and the temple, and there is music about everything, the land, the sea, and the air, the valley and the mountain, the flower and the forest, the fountain and the river, the worm and the serpent, the zephyr and the tempest, end quote thus lavishing instances to the point of redundancy, as if overwhelmed with the wealth of his theme. He next points out that music is one of various arts, each of which was developed from a germ of another nature. Quote, Fetish carving was the germ of sculpture. Picture writing was the germ of painting. Mythology was the germ of the drama. The dance was the germ of music and poetry. Quote. And then, as sculpture represents material forms in solid matter, and romance represents biography and history in fictitious tales, so music represents ideas in sound by rhythm, melody, harmony, and symphony. And he thus prepares the way for the question. How does music grow? Some have thought it began as a, quote, spontaneous outburst of the human soul in response to the music of the physical and animal world, the sighing of the winds, the murmur of the rills, the roaring of the cataracts, the dash of the waves on the shore, the singing of the forests, the melodies of the birds. Not so. The objective study of music among the lower tribes of mankind and among the various people of the world in different stages of culture leads to a different conclusion. Quote. Here the significant words objective study must be dwelt upon. The motive that they suggest is altogether different from that at first suggested by their context, much of which is phrased in so exuberant a style and with such a surfeit of imagined illustrations in place of specific facts, that many a hearer might have taken the whole for a flight of fancy, unless these calmer words, objective study, caught his attention, and led him to perceive that all the imagined illustrations are merely the generalized form of abundant observations. Although the actual origin of music has nowhere been observed, the objective study of the kinds of music found today among primitive people leads inductively to a safe generalization from which the origin of music in the unobserved past may be reasonably inferred. It began and long continued as a vocal chant in which the rhythm of sound was adapted to the rhythm of motion in the dance. The chant was at first very simple, but in time the drama came to assist in the development of more varied form. 
the savage deifies the beast, the stories of animal gods are dramatized, and the lives that they live are imitated. The eagle, quote, plays among the clouds, rests on the mountain tops, and soars down to circle over the waves of the sea. The hummingbird poises over its blossom cup of nectar like a winged spirit of the rainbow. The deer bounds away through the forest and leaves the hunter lost in amazement. The squirrel climbs the tree and plays about among its branches and springs from limb to limb and tree to tree and laughs at the sport. The rattlesnake glides without feet over the rocks and in his mouth the spirit of death is concealed. The trout lives in the water and flies up the brook as the hawk flies up the mountain. Dolphins play on the waves as children play on the grass. The spider spins a gossamer web. The grub is transferred into a winged beauty. The bee lays away stores of honey. The butterfly sports in the sunshine like a flower unchained from its stem. The air, the earth, and the waters are peopled with marvelous beings. End quote. At first the human voice chanted alone. Then through long ages of savagery and barbarism, the chant and the song that grew from it had for instrumental accompaniment only the unmusical noise of time markers or thumpers of many kinds. Instruments of sweet sound are comparatively modern. They came recently when increasing knowledge of many things led to a contemplation and an understanding of nature. Quote, the human reason has acquired a knowledge of the universe and derived exalted emotions therefrom. The boundless sea now tells its story. From Arctic and Antarctic lands, navies of icebergs forever sail, to be defeated and overwhelmed by the hot winds of the tropics. The lands with happy valleys and majestic mountains rise from the sea, built by the waves and fashioned by fire and storm. Over all rests the ambient air, moving gently in breezes, rushing madly in winds and hurling its storms against the hills and mountains of the sea and the hills and mountains of the land. Looking above the earth, the worlds of the universe are presented to view, and their wonders fill the soul. So music has come to be the language of the emotions kindled by the glories of the universe. End quote. But this part of the address confessedly advances too rapidly. The higher phases of modern music are European, and Europe, with its civilized people, is a part of the world in which Powell was not at home, as he was in the great West with its savages. It is doubtless true that, quote, as the blue egg becomes a robin, so ring around a rosy becomes a symphony, end quote. But the last stages of this evolutionary becoming need another author for their analysis. End of section 27